Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Wednesday, November 28th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you feeling, man? You going to Seattle, huh, this weekend? Getting excited? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, very jazzed up for it. Uh, you know, we're going to be heading out there tomorrow morning. Uh, probably watch uh, uh, the Saints and the Cowboys at a Seattle yeah. sports bar and then go to Seahawks practice on Friday, and uh, I'll be at Seahawks 49ers this Sunday. That's going to be awesome. Are you raising yeah. the 12 flag? I have not been informed yet if I have. Uh, well, that is a raised by anyone, though, and be there for that. You know, it's Absolutely. Absolutely. As we all know, Scotty, you're a big-time Seattle fan. As we know, the Seattle well, Seahawks football, have... Yes. Sure, a Seahawks fan. As you know, the Seahawks have worked their way right into the thick of the NFC playoff picture. And, uh, you know, face it, a big division rivalry. You know, you thought you were going to see Jimmy G. Instead, you see Nick Mullins. But, hey, it'll do. All right, Scotty. Um, a lot of fun that we're going to have today. We put the fun in functional sports radio. One of the things I'm excited about, Scotty, is that there are no more buys. Okay. There are no more buys anymore. So you'll have your full complement of players. And let's talk conceptually first here. Okay, Scott, because now that we've hit this time of the season, we've made reference to it, but, Listen, Scott, on a Wednesday, we got two hours to preview all the games. I always say on Wednesdays, you're going to start hearing injury news, but don't get worried about it. You will get the notification on your phone that DeAndre Hopkins
Hopkins' status has been changed to questionable. Don't fret about it. The man is on the field for something like 99% of Houston Texans' uh, plays. But I I say this because I think we have an opportunity to dig into this a little bit more than we usually do. Now that the buys are gone, Scott, and you have one week, most teams, let's say, for example, you are uh, nine and three and, you know, ticketed for the playoffs, right? You don't, you should start here, uh, you know, making your roster dangerous for weeks 14, 15, and 16, right? And we talked about, like, you know, cutting the fat, getting the handcuffs. What are the kinds of things that you should be doing right now? Let's say you are, you do have a little star next to your name. You are going to the playoffs. What are things you should be doing this week to get ahead of it and get ready for the playoffs in terms of handcuffs, defenses, and the like? Well, you know, this is why you check out uh, my new uh, rest of season ranks, my final ones for the season. At this point of the year, you really uh, you know who who the guys are who are going to carry you into the playoffs and hopefully into a deep playoff run. So what you really want to do is just have your roster set right now uh, and running back if you can. You want to get the top handcuffs to your uh, to your number one or and number two fantasy running backs. If they're regular starters and they're available, you want the Malcolm Browns, the Wayne Goldmans, etc. But you know, it's it nothing is absolute. Like I always say, uh, you know, if you can have Legarrette Blunt over Wayne Goldman, you know, I'd probably do that because if Saquon Barkley were to get injured, I'd probably rather have Legarrette Blunt than Wayne right. Goldman. So it all it all depends. Sometimes the handcuffs are not available in like a two running back situation like, say, in Chicago or uh, New Orleans. And you just want to have good depth, and you don't want to have dead wood on your roster, guys, and you're not going to start anymore. You don't want to have Isaiah Crowell. You don't want to have you don't want to have guys like Frank Gore, like Michael Crabtree. Right. You know, you're never going to want to start those guys at this time of year. Yeah, I think that's, that's the thought process for me, Scott. You know, I think you said it. You run the question in your head, would I ever start this guy? <laughs> you know, and and that might have been a different calculus about a month ago because you would have said, oh, it's six teams on by. Maybe I would. Or, oh, if this guy were to get injured. But now you're done with the ifs. You're done with the buys. So to your point, Scotty, you need to get the handcuffs. Let me ask you something. I went ahead and I got one of the major handcuffs, but I don't have the lead running back. Does that still work? So, for example, right now, uh, the last man on my bench is Spencer Ware. And I picked up Spencer Ware because, listen, if Kareem Hunt goes down, I got an incredible top-end running back for a great offense. You know what I mean? Like, to your point about, like, Wayne Gallman not necessarily being the one. Spencer Ware sure is. Does that work for me even if I don't have Kareem Hunt? I, I don't know if it works for you if you don't have Kareem Hunt. But because you're probably I'm just banking on the injury running- and playing defense? If, uh, if if you know if a guy gets injured, well, yeah. you don't want to pick up you don't want to pick up Spencer Ware if you don't have Kareem Hunt unless Kareem Hunt gets gets injured. But okay. uh, you know you you really just have to look at who you're running back. I mean, if you have Joe Mixon, you want to have you want to have Gio Bernard. Even if you have right. Chris Carson, you want to have Mike Davis. So uh, I I don't think you could, there's enough roster room basically. You know, to pick up say Malcolm Brown. You know, if your opponent has Todd Gurley, you know, that's – I understand playing defense, but that kind of stretches it. 
Okay, fair enough. And then you just mentioned defense. We talked about like playing defense as fantasy. What about actual fantasy defenses? Um, at this point of the season, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing? Are you getting ahead of it? Like, are you in essence sacrificing week thirteen to get a defense with a good matchup week fourteen? Like right now, uh, you know, should I get the defense that's really better for week fourteen and almost like punt week thirteen for defense? Well, it really depends what your situation is. I mean, if you're right. If you've already yeah, I said if you're buy, nine and three, you got a star in your you got a star on your team next to your team. Yeah, but you don't you don't necessarily have clinched a buy or your seating or anything like that. If you have ten wins or more, you could start looking ahead to week fourteen. But otherwise, you really can't. But you know, there's one defense out there that uh, really can help you the rest of the way, and it's you know it's very rare you know in this uh, this kind of fantasy universe right now that you have a defense and you can really start the rest of the way. And they're looking very good this week. I'm talking about the Denver Broncos. You know, you could mm. probably just set it and forget it with the Denver Broncos when you look at their schedule. Look at their week 13 to 16 schedule. Cincinnati, San Francisco, Cleveland, Oakland. Wow. Say that one again. Cincinnati, San, San Francisco, Francisco, Cleveland, Cleveland. Oakland. Oh, got to love that, especially, you know, you get drifted Jeff Driscoll in your lap, then you get San Francisco week 13, you know, we the don't Mullins know hype train. That's 14, right? yeah, we do. and Mullins may not even oh, keep me. the job. That's right, 13 right is this week with Cincinnati, Driscoll. Uh, then you got San Francisco week 13. Uh, week 14, uh, you would have first, like, oh, excuse me, week 15, which would be the semis, you would have Cleveland. Um, and then right. the championship game, you would have Oakland. Cleveland would be the only one that would scare me of that group. Yes. Uh, Scotty, is that is that game, do you know, you have in front of you, is that game a Denver home game or in Cleveland? It's a home game. It's a home game. Okay, so that's a little bit better. It's crazy to me that Cleveland, but Cleveland would be the scariest to me of yeah, those right? four matchups. You never thought you'd say that at the beginning of the year. This is why... Uh, looking at playoff schedules in August when you're drafting is a waste. No, absolutely. You don't know who's going to go down by injury. You don't know who's going to underperform. And you don't know who's going to overperform either. You know what I mean? Like right now, I continue to say Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts are hot as all get out, like liquid hot magma, Scotty. And and, and like, I think you need to – yeah, I think you need to avoid them. I really like your call yesterday about Naheem Hines on the waiver wire because if Marlon Mack doesn't go and he's in the concussion protocol, then he Hines becomes – the beneficiary of the Andrew Luck moving offense. And as we know, Naheem Hines also has, uh, you know, uh, the the PPR chops, shall we say. I like your defenses, to uh, Scott. And let's look at that real quick again. I'm, I'm on your rest of season rankings over on rotoexperts.com, the mark of fantasy excellence. I'm on your defenses, Scott. Now, I see that your Denver Broncos is, uh, you know, your fourth overall defense. But you have a defense 13 spots ahead of the consensus, Scott, rest of the season. You have them third overall, and that is the New Orleans Saints. Talk to me about that one. I'll tell you why I'm a little bit concerned on that one, Scotty. I remember from the other side of things, I know that week, oh, 16, your championship week, they have the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town. Yeah, but the... <laughs> You know, I'm also basing this on recent performance overall. And if you look Fair. at them in four of the past five games, they've scored double-figure fantasy points. And, uh, you know, they, they had 14 points against Atlanta last week. And, you know, this team is playing really, really good defense. So it's not just purely 
about schedule here. You know, I'm not ranking everything purely on schedule. You go to rotoexperts.com this morning, you see this. It's ranked on a variety of factors, including recent and overall performance. You know, this defense is performing like a top four to five unit recently. They got Dallas. They have Tampa Bay. Uh, and, you know, I think they can certainly keep the score down against Dallas. They can get turnovers against Tampa Bay. They're at Carolina. Uh, the only one that may be a little scary to you is Pittsburgh. But, you know, this team is getting what they need to get no matter what, you know, whether it's sacks or turnovers or big plays. The way they're playing right now, uh, you know, this defense is capable of scoring a quality amount of points in any matchup, I think. Okay, fair enough. You know, I just I, – I, I would be a little bit – uh, perturbed in my championship matchup facing Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Juju. I could see that game in the Dome being one of those games that all week were like, oh my goodness, the total is only 59 and a half. We yeah, should take the over. Yeah, but you're one game out of four, though. That's sure. why I have them ranked up so high. Fair enough, fair enough. I do understand yeah. that. You know, I just know week yeah. 16 is your championship. there are no really one. set it and forget it defenses this is overall true. in fantasy football. You know, this they is have, true, and if they, they have, in combination of recent performance, they rank high. Okay. Um, I hear you. And to be quite honest, let's put it this way. If you ride the Pittsburgh, de- uh, excuse me, if you ride the Saints defense to week 16 and you're in week 16 and your championship and you want to hop off for a one-week matchup that's better than facing the Steelers, you can probably find one if you so choose. But then at the same time, you're in the championship at that point. So, hey. You know, you'll, uh, if you got there, you wanna, you're probably happy about that. Scotty, we talked about a lot of the big injuries yesterday. You know, Marvin Jones going to IR, Jack Doyle, the Red Rifle, all that stuff, all the things that happened with the Jacksonville Jaguars. One uh, piece of injury news that I do want to touch before the practice reports, we heard a Dan Stratford at the top of the hour say Deshaun Jackson is here in New York visiting a hand specialist. I always think it's a bad thing, Scott, when I hear visiting a specialist for that body part when anyone's going to like a foot specialist or an elbow specialist or a hand specialist in this case that makes me think that there's a more intricate kind of injury and that we're going to hear something bad talk to me about what this is and quite frankly if there's no Deshaun Jackson who gets the boost because I think this is a fantasy herd we know about Mike Evans but everybody from you know uh Chris Godwin to to you know Adam Humphreys who's been on the waiver wire to Cameron Brait who's now available are all viable weapons for Jameis now under center what happens if uh Deshaun Jackson misses any time because it's not like Jameis was really looking for Deshaun much anyway no and that's the key he wasn't things don't really change at all. It's, you know, he doesn't look for it. Deshaun Jackson's game log is absolutely disgusting recently. So right. I, I don't think, I don't think anything changes here. Okay. Talk to me about the pecking order in Tampa though. I mean, like there's Mike Evans and we know he's a friend. He's a, you know, he's a hybrid kind of wide out one, two in most people's opinion. Right. Then talk to me about the pecking order. After that, how would you rank Godwin Humphreys and Brait in the Tampa pecking order? Uh, I'd probably go – I'd probably put – you know, you look at the rest of the season ranks right now in right. experts.com. You know, I have I have Humphreys comfortably inside the top 30. You know, the guy's caught 26 passes and scored four times over the past five games. Yeah, number 27 uh, so in your it, opinion. Yeah, he's God, – Godwin's nowhere close. Yeah, he's right, just, I'm, I'm still scrolling. He's wide out 45 yeah, he, for you. He's not somebody you really want on your roster during the fantasy playoffs, you know, unless you play in like a 14-team league. Okay. Uh, and with Brayton, you know, he's, 
you know, he didn't have a yardage last week, but he got in the end zone, and that's yeah, what that he touchdown. does. He's probably third in the pecking order, and he's top seven. Yep, you have uh, Cameron Brait as your seventh-ranked tight end, one spot ahead of Jared Cook and David Njoku, uh, ahead of Chris Herndon as well, who's a guy that you've been throwing out a lot as a, as a tight end to kind of look for just in case you lost. You know, you may have lost like a Jack Doyle uh, or a Jeff Hireman, say, recently, obviously, though. And I made the point – I'm looking at your tight end ranks right now, Scott. I made the point uh, on Freestyle yesterday – that Eric Ebron is a top five tight end rest of the season. I was like, the only people I'll give you is Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. Personally, I had him number three, Scott. But then I was like, I can understand if you tell me George Kittle, and I can understand if you can tell me Rob Gronkowski. It's crazy that we have names like Eric Ebron and George Kittle ahead of Rob Gronkowski rest of the season, Scott. Yeah, it's uh, Gronkowski looked healthier, but, uh, you know, that's one week, Yeah. Still, though, you know, the potential for him to do it in any week, you know, keeps him in the top five. Yep, absolutely. I just think it's hysterical. Like some of the stuff we're actually debating here. You know what I mean? Like, for example, Scott, I'm looking at your, again, your in rest of season rankings on rotoexperts.com. And I'm looking at your quarterback rankings because I, I, I had a guy hit me up on social media and he asked me about a quarterback start. Uh, rest of season. And I was like, you know what? I can't believe I'm actually saying this. You know, he wanted me in essence to like confirm something for him. And then I see your ranks and these two guys are literally right next to each other. Um, You do have it like the other way than what I did. But just the fact that you have them next to each other, you know, kind of says the how close it is and how crazy it is. The guy told me, am I crazy to start Jameis Winston over Aaron Rodgers moving forward? And I was like, you know what? I don't think it's crazy because of the way the Tampa Bay pass defense is. They're in the shootouts. And that Aaron Jones is doing a lot more for the Packers. And, and you know, Aaron Rodgers just hasn't been Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, you know what? I can, I'm okay with that. You have them ranked 10 and 11 right next to each other rest of season. How crazy is that that we're recommending potentially Jameis Winston, a guy who was suspended for three games, benched midseason, ahead of someone like Aaron Rodgers, who's known as the best player in the NFL? I I think the problem with that question that I personally have is, is I want to start one, one guy the rest of the way, and right, when you can have go back two with guys the that are that close ranked to each other, it's you know it's you can't just think, there's no set it and forget it, you know right. if you have like you have like Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, there's no set it and forget it, you have to take it one week at a time, you know a lot of right. times fantasy players want reassurance and I'll, can I just set my lineup and forget about it? Well, that's why fantasy is so challenging. There is no singular rest of the season answer because you're not talking about Patrick Mahomes versus Kirk Cousins. But that's the thing. Even though that you have to play the matchups with those guys and Aaron Rodgers isn't the Patrick Mahomes, shows you how he is like underperformed and how the Packers have fallen this year. Well, come on back. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Come on right back. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning. 
right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's a spitting statistician and a king here for you on a Wednesday as we get ready for week 13. You know, Scotty, I'm going to ask you something here. We're going to dive into every game with no buys. We've got a lot of games to dig into. We're going to do that. We're going to talk point spreads. We're going to talk totals. And we're going to talk Scott's rest of season, final uh, in-season ranks there over on Roto Experts in the morning. But I want to ask you something. Um, Week 13, most leagues, Scott, you know, this is the final regular season week, right? But I see some weeks – I mean, excuse me. I see some leagues that play into week 14 – uh, and like only have four teams make the playoffs and it's weeks 15 yeah. and 16 for those teams. I see other leagues that, you know, maybe also play week 14 and shift the playoffs and are actually playing in week 17. I see some leagues where the playoffs are like each playoff round is actually two weeks long, stuff like that. Talk to me about let's, – let's talk to all the commissioners out there. Right, that are setting up the settings for their leagues. What do you think is the best way to go after it in terms of like playing in week 17 or not, you know, structuring your playoffs, that sort of thing? Let's advise the, 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 the commissioners out there to, to design a league experience that works for players. Like, because, you know, I've been talking about how this is the last regular season week, and someone hit me up on social media being like, yo, I'm playing week 14. Am I reading my league wrong? And I'm like, no, no, no. That's just your league settings. Talk to the commissioners out there. How should they design this? Yeah, I mean, you have to be aware of your league rules before the season starts and what your league settings are before the season starts as a player. You know, if if you're a commissioner, if, honestly, it, it's a widely held belief on – among experienced fantasy football players, you just shouldn't play week 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 seventeen because right. a lot of teams will rest their starters if they've clinched a playoff berth, and the best team doesn't often win, and uh, you know so that's why you don't play week seventeen. If you're if you're any, any all legitimate commissioner, you don't schedule week seventeen at all. And you don't do what somebody in one of my leagues where I'm sharing a team does. You just don't go with the default settings of a site, especially if you're on ESPN. Because right. ESPN, I don't know what they're thinking. It's uh, they, their default settings are still whacked. It's uh, <laughs> it's you know the regular season is 13 weeks, four teams make the playoffs, and and uh, each playoff game is two weeks and it That's goes into I mean. week yeah. 17. It, so it just it to me it makes no sense at all whatsoever. Yep. You know, and I've. Look, he's a friend of mine, and there's no disrespect to him. I've seen Matthew Berry defend it, but, you know, maybe he's just towing a company line there with all due right. respect to Matt. Uh, you know, it makes no sense when the entire regular season is singular games, and then you have double games in the playoffs. You know, there's mm-hmm. some talk like, oh, it gives a, a team, you know, the team a better chance of winning or, or earning the win or whatever, but you're playing Week 17, and, Not if you own Todd Gurley. And, yeah, <laughs> you if, know? If, if you're owning guys like Patrick Mahomes, Kareem right. Hunt, you know, guys like that, and you can't play him in week 17 for whatever reason, you know, the best team is not winning. And just it's it's silly to me, the two-week playoff games. They make no sense. You know, it's, you know, the thrill of the playoffs is one and you're done, and that's it. And you know, I'm more for six teams that make the playoffs. This league that we're in, we're, we're nine and three, and we still haven't clinched a playoff berth because only four teams make it. Right. Yeah, I have a uh I have a league that's similar to that. Um I am in 
right now I am in fifth place, right? But I'm um, seven and five. But my fifth place team at seven and five has the second highest point total, Scott. And I'm still like at risk of not making the playoffs because the top four make the playoffs. I could be the second team in points wise and not make it. And it's very frustrating. The other thing I've seen that I want to let people know. One one thing that I was going to go on to, though. Uh, because you, you asked me to lay it out to the commissioners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And everybody's, there are many people are going to be against it. And I say it all the time, but I'm going to say it again. No divisions. Yeah. You try, a lot of people just by default do divisions because that's like what they said. do in the NFL. But everything that works in the NFL doesn't work in fantasy football. Because first off, Divisions in the NFL have a unifying thread of geography. The Cowboys mm-hmm. may be an exception. Well, of past they used rivalries to. There. there was a time right. when the Atlanta Falcons were in the West, but yes. <laughs> right. But there has to be a unifying thread. Like, you know, if we were doing something like a Roto Experts FNTSY League and you wanted to put the broadcasters in one division and the writers in another, that makes sense. Or if you have... If you have people living in different parts of the country, then you have an East and a West. But most team, most leagues that have divisions, they just randomly toss the teams into the divisions, and it it becomes unfair because you know I've seen this before. Like there was one league I was in a few years ago, where one division winner was six and seven, and he ended up winning the championship. Or you know if you have six teams make it and three top three from each division, right. uh, and then a team with a with in fourth place in one division is say like eight and five, and the other ones like six and seven or five and eight, and the six yeah. and seven or the five and eight makes it because of what division they're in, or a team gets a bye because he's won a division and he wins a division at eight and five, and there's a ten and three team in the other division that doesn't get a bye. Divisions they don't make sense. There's no unifying thread very often, and it really hurt, really hurts teams uh, that you know finish with better records in one division than another and don't get rewarded correctly. Yeah, the one last thing that I'll say, you know, the, the, the one of the first things you said there, Scott, and I appreciate all the insight you're giving to the commissioners and the players out there here on Roto Experts in the Morning. One of the things you said is like the first cardinal rule is know your settings, right? You got to know your settings because you got to know how to operate. I actually, honestly, Scott, I uh, just learned the settings for a couple of leagues that I am in where rosters get locked after this week, where this is the last week you could do even waivers. So you need to kind of blow out your fab budget right now because you won't be able to make any moves during the playoffs. And I'm in a couple of leagues like that, Scotty, for the first time time and that creates different things you need to do for example i need to get um i need to get a second tight end just in case my tight end goes down during the playoffs i need to roster a second kicker scott just in case my kicker goes down during the playoffs i can't take zero because my all the rosters will be locked heading into the playoffs have you encountered this and am i right about how to plan accordingly in that kind of scenario and I'm in one of these leagues with you, and we with had this me. conversation yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And it wasn't marked in the league rules that the rosters get locked uh, after after week 13. Yep. And so I emailed the commissioner, you know, and I yep. was nice about it. But, you know, they, he did make a mistake by not putting in the league league details. But we're confirmed you know, that is the truth, that right? That, that is the, the rule. Case. Yes. Yes. In another, the other league, you know, that league was just a, a mess. And, right. you know, the, the guy running Both of the leagues were playing it together. To it, so you yep. can't blame him for anything. He's doing a nice job of trying no, I understand to that. save it, though. 
Um, but let's talk about the I, GSC league then, right? Uh, where that is also the rule. So let's like, however it came to be, let's say you are in that position, Scott. Like it's not only just like our leagues, but there's a lot of leagues like that, right? So my point is, do you need to like? I'll tell you right now, and I'm competing against you in one of the leagues, those leagues. I may see you in the playoffs. That's still possible, Scott. You know, in one of our leagues that we're talking about, you obviously as a like a probably a two seed, let's say, right? And me as like one of the last wild cards. We may see each other am i right scott to blow my fab budget and make sure i get a second quarterback a second tight end and even a second kicker you can't take it to the gentleman's club with you so you might as well yeah. you know spend whatever you, you can to get to get what you want and here's the other thing here's another rule and you know i'm very very in the league that i've been running since 2005 i'm very very uh disciplined about this teams that do not make the playoffs should not be allowed to make roster moves because if they're playing in a consolation bracket or whatever, those games really don't matter. Right. No, I hear that. I am in a league where um, I am in a league of experts where, unfortunately, I told you about this one where uh, I got screwed. I think it was like week four or five with my Bears and Ravens defense. And honestly, Scott, since then, I have not necessarily paid attention. I will be in the cons- uh, con- uh Consolation bracket in that one. And uh, the commissioner of that league, who we all know very well, sent out an email to the league and said that there are two things. One, that um, teams in the consolation bracket will have to wait until the teams in the winning playoff bracket go to waivers first. Okay, that like they have first priority on waivers, which I'm okay with. And then what he also did was remind everybody, and I like this one too, that the winner of the consolation bracket actually gets first draft pick overall next year. Um, And I like that to have something that keeps those consolation people still active and managing. So I like that. I do something a little bit along those lines, but different in one of my leagues. And in the dynasty league I'm in, uh, the commissioner's adopted it because he liked it. Uh, Of the top six, of the six teams that don't make the playoffs, the team that finishes seventh gets the first pick. The team that finishes eighth gets a second right. pick next year. So they yep. still have to play for something. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't make the consolation bracket, you know, affect the draft at all because, right. you know, to me that's just for fun if you want to do it. It it doesn't count for anything. So I, I think it's more important like the regular season, like the team that finishes seventh will get the first pick. Yep, absolutely. I've done um, – I'm in leagues where that's – the same thing happens. You know, the playoff teams are just, you know, reverse order at the second half of the draft. And yeah. uh, the, you know, 7 through – in my case, 7 through uh, 14. Uh, but with the way we actually do it also, Scott, is because it's like a keeper league and, uh, you know, you lose the round of your keepers and stuff that you don't necessarily get the first pick. You get your pick. You get the first choice of where you want to pick because some people would prefer to uh, pick on the turn. You know what I mean? Right. Based on who they're keeping and what rounds they're losing. You know what I mean? So they, um, uh, we leave that option available right now. Scotty, let's uh, and my man Chris Bavona, the manimal down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Let's open up the phone lines. I got my man Kenny from Philly who's hitting in. He has a commissioner question, and we'll be taking those questions and others as you get yourself ready for week 13 of the fantasy season. The number to call is 844-843-6879. Before we get to any calls, though, let's start going to the games. The first one, I know my guy Kenny in Philly will talk about a lot. It is the New Orleans Saints standing up and getting crunk. They go to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Scotty, this is now a battle of first-place teams 
in the NFC. Uh, Dallas has been performing well, but I don't think any with Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott, but I don't think anyone can keep up with the way the Saints are scoring points right now. This game is in Dallas, not in New Orleans, but uh, do you expect, you know, a different Saints offense for some reason because they're not in the Dome, or do you think you think Dallas is going to be able to keep up? I think Dallas, you know, has the ideal game plan, try to play keep away and pound Ezekiel Elliott, although, you know, the Saints have been really good against the run, but, you know, this is a good schedule the rest of the way, and you see it in my rest of the season ranks pass-wise for Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, so I like Amari Cooper, you know, in this game. Uh, you know Ezekiel Elliott gets his. And, you know, Dallas's defense has been underrated, I think, overall. Vanden Esch has been playing great middle linebacker. Yeah. You know, the corners are big, and they can keep up with Michael Thomas. So I don't, I don't think the Saints are going to come in here and blow Dallas away. I think Dallas matches up with them uh, well in some ways. Their big corners, you know, can, uh, can, you know, challenge Michael Thomas, I think, in ways that other corners maybe cannot. You know, Chris Richard is a former Seattle uh, defensive coordinator. And, you know, he's tried to replicate that in Dallas, you know, with the big-type corners. Right. Uh, you know, which in some kind of gives receivers like Michael Thomas problems. I don't think Michael Thomas is going to have a huge game. You know, that said, you know, the, the two-headed running back that they have there, Kamara and uh, Ingram, can very often be unstoppable. And this team's going to find a way to get it done offensively or defensively. This is this is looking like the best team in football right now. And no matter what the matchup is, I think they find ways to win right now. You know, they just have the look of that Super Bowl-type team that they do everything that they have to win, whether it's a blowout or it's close. You know, those are what championship ball clubs do. You know, they don't necessarily have to blow everybody out. They win the tight ones, and they win the tough ones when they have to. I don't think this is going to be an explosive scoring game, you hmm. know, necessarily from the Saints. But, you know, Drew Brees is just a better quarterback than Dak Prescott by a long stretch. So the Saints win this game, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be one of those blowouts that you saw in the last few weeks. Interesting. So it sounds like you might take the home dogs, the Dallas Cowboys, if you get seven and a half points. I think I think I would take Dallas. You keep them. Do you think they could keep them within? Yeah, I, th I think a the Saints score. are going to win this by about six. Yep, yep. You think the Saints, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, can keep it within a score there? You know, and obviously, also when you talk about they have the look of a Super Bowl team, Scotty. You know, I also would state that the Saints, maybe more than any other team, their home field advantage is going to be very big in the playoffs, and so these Saints are going to be playing for something throughout the rest of the regular season. Even if they salt away the NFC South, they got the Rams out West to contend with. They have the head-to-head -head tiebreaker, but, you know, they may have to win out just to keep pace with the Rams to make sure that any kind of games go through New Orleans. Look, I do want they've lost one game, so yep. this team can travel and win. Oh, absolutely. As long as yeah. Magic, as long as Fitzmagic doesn't uh, upset them. Who did you they know, lose that's their to? Own, that's I, what I'm I don't even Fitzmagic. remember at this point. Fitzmagic in the season opener. Okay. Yeah, it was Fitzmagic in the season else, opener. So. Yeah, and then they've yeah. gone on uh, what, whatever it is, what, an 11-game run or you know something like that. Yeah. I did want to ask you about Amari Cooper on the other side. In your rest of the season rankings, Scott, you have him as wide receiver 18. So right there in the wide receiver 2 conversation, you know, I think it's interesting, Scott. We laughed about a month ago when I was like, oh, Golden Tate only cost like a third rounder. Demarius Thomas only cost a fourth rounder or whatever. But Amari Cooper is really – proving to be a huge boost to this Dallas offense. Maybe he was worse the first-round draft pick. Yeah, you know, Cooper is uh, is exactly the kind of dimension they needed yeah. uh, there. You, because, 
they really didn't have a once they did they lost that game to Washington where they got killed in week seven and the defense uh sold out against the run. Jerry Jones says, God damn it, I can't take it no more. Gotta get me a wide receiver. I don't care what it costs. And uh, you know, that's what what he had went ahead and did. And uh, you know, Cooper is obviously in better shape than Des Bryant was the last two years, you know, physical in terms of ability, et cetera. And it was a good move for Cooper because he was the number one target in Oakland and getting all the defensive attention. You know, now this gives defenses more to account for. And, uh, you know, since he's come over here, uh, since he's come over to Dallas, he's had three double-figure PPR games. And look at the schedule the rest of the way. New Orleans, Philadelphia, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay. Mm. You want him as your number two fantasy wide receiver for this stretch run. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, before we go to break here, and, you know, like I said, we'll take calls in the next segment at 844-843-6879. We'll start to dig into the Sunday games for lucky week number 13 as well. Scotty, I got to bounce this off you. I had a guy hit me up on social media yesterday and said, you know what? John Gruden should actually get coach of the year votes. And I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? And he was like, yeah, he, uh, he got Chicago to first place in the NFC Central. In the NFC North. He got Dallas to first place in the NFC East. And he kept the Denver Broncos out of the basement in the AFC West. Great coaching all around by Gruden. What do you think about that? He did help the Bears and the Cowboys already this year a lot. He could be their coach of the year. Yeah, that, that that's true. That's very witty. That's the thing about social media. It gives a chance to everybody to be a comedian. especially. Absolutely. Especially when there's a game like the Rams and the Chiefs. It's like you can't even look at social media because everybody's trying to be so witty and outdo each other. Right. I hear you on that. Well, we are always witty. We are always going to outdo each other. We put the fun in functional sports radio. It's Dane and Scott on Roto Experts in the morning. When we come back, like I said, we open up the phone lines and we also talk about some of these games in week 13. We break it down. Scott's ranks are up as well. Come on back, Roto Experts in the morning. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Baby, baby, you know what it is, true, it's Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Spit Statistician, and the King here, talking a lot today about everything from Week 13 previews to how to organize your league in the right way, alright, the phone lines are open at 844-843-6879, Scotty, let's dig into another game, starting to go, we got two hours here, remember, if you subscribe, podcast through Roto Experts in the Morning. Get FST as well, because on Wednesdays, we spend the two hours to break it on down. Scotty, the next game, and listen, this is a very interesting game in the AFC South. I was really hoping our guy Kenny in Philly was going to call, because I wanted to talk about, uh, he had a commissioner question. I wanted to answer that. But I also remember, Scott, you know, uh, all offseason, I I felt weird about the AFC South. I was like, something tells me the Jags are going to take a step back, and I had a sneaky feeling, Scott, about those Indianapolis Colts, people were 
underrating Andrew Luck and what he could do for a team and for an offense. And what do you know? The Indianapolis Colts are the hot squad right now uh, in the AFC wildcard picture. The Colts go to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Let me ask you this, Scott. Is Cody Kessler being the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback actually um, help for them when they're a five-point favorite? Does that help them keep it close? No. I I, I saw Kessler when he played with Cleveland, and like he had one or two decent games, but he, he was mostly erratic. You know, this actually makes the Colts a better streaming defense in fantasy than it does the Jaguars. Really? Why is that? Because you talk about all the time that it's turnovers, and I know that Blake Bortles will turn the ball over. Aren't they pretty much going to ask Kessler to, like, just be conservative and run the ball? Uh, you know, I think they can do that with Carlos Hyde, et cetera, but uh, I don't think they're going to score many points. Uh, Usually okay. you look for sacks and turnovers first, but, you know, uh, I, I don't think we can assume that Kessler's not going to turn the ball over either. All right, fair enough. We do have a caller on the line, Scotty. Um, I think it, I'm being told it might be our guy Kenny in Philly. What's going on? How you doing, cowboy? What's up, Dane? What's going What's on, Kenny? I'm glad that you called. I know you have a commissioner question, but I do want to talk to you because if you remember in August, Kenny, I was fading these Jaguars, and I was like, don't sleep on the Colts. Well, lo and behold, here we are, Kenny. Uh, what's up Absolutely. with that? They, they're, on the, hey, man, they, they're on the streak, man. I, I mean, well, and right. Andrew Luck, he's uh, he only been sacked one time in the past, what, five, six games or something yep. like that? So they finally got Absolutely. that offensive line together. And he finally so maybe the spitting statistician wasn't crazy back in August, huh? Oh uh, no, 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 absolutely not. I give I give credit <laughs> where it's due, brother. Give credit That's what's up. Due. That's what's hey, up. Man, I appreciate listen. it, Kenny. You got a commissioner question though? What's up? Yeah, I'm uh I'm the commissioner of this league. I'm I'm six and six. I'm I'm in seventh place right now out of the playoffs. The two teams above me are seven and five, both of them. So one of the guys. Um, one of the teams that are above me is playing against a guy that's playing for the for a home seat. Uh, I mean, for the first round bye. So right. he he's talking about benching his players just so I won't get in. But I still can get so, in. So you won't get in. get in. Yeah. So I <laughs> was won't he get scared in. of you but as a threat in case you get in? I guess. I guess so. It's a lot of vengeance going on in the I'm in the league, but I still can get in even if that does happen because the other team has a has a hard matchup as well. So. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so, what's the question? As commissioner, do you let that happen? What? What? What are you? What's the actual question, Kenny? Like, are you saying should you like super override that and make sure he plays his guys, or what's I've the been, actual question? Yeah. I've been adamant in this league, making sure I'm every, uh, hitting everybody, up, making sure everybody's starting and now starting anybody in the IR, getting right. anybody, anybody uh, any uh, easy wins, anything. Uh, so, I don't think there's anything I can do. Is there? Well, I'll, I'll say this at first. Oh, go ahead, Scott. Do. No, I'm sorry. They did, I don't think there's anything you can do because it's more of a question: is is he breaking the rules or not? Right. And right. Unless you have unless you have that like listed as a league rule, he's not breaking a league rule. It's unethical and it's wrong, and I frown upon it. But there's nothing you can do because he's not essentially, by the letter of the law, breaking a league rule. Hey, Kenny. The one thing I'll say is: is this a redraft league or is this a dynasty league? No, it's a redraft. All right, so that makes it more complicated. What I was going to say, Kenny, is if it was a dynasty league, you know, you could always try to, as a commissioner, put in incentives, you know, year to year for people to, uh, you know, 
uh, continue to manage, right? Whether you're like Scott and I just said, making the seventh, the first playoff team, get a first draft pick. You know, you could do things like that for the draft order next year. You could also put in kind of like a shame prize, you know, a booby prize, like for last place teams right. or anything like that. That they gotta, right. you know, buy beer for the draft next year, get a tattoo, whatever it is, you know. But in a redraft league, it's real tough. Right, because you may never talk to these people. There is an option here, though. There is an option if if you want to be a hard ass commissioner. There is something you could do. That's you know they he you can't do anything again. Like I said, because he's not breaking a rule. But this is not the kind of person that you want to have in your league. You know, I don't know what your friendship is with him, and uh, you know maybe you don't want to injure the friendship. But I would say if you're going to do this, you know, I and, and look. Everybody in my league that I run is, is is a friend of mine. But if somebody did that, I said, if you do that, I'm not inviting you back next year. Right. That's why I was well, asking about a, redraft or dynasty. Yeah. Well, that's a good option. Let me touch on the Saints real quick. Um, yep. That last last week's Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh Denver game that that they lost for Pittsburgh going to make things interesting because as you know, week was that week week sixteen Pittsburgh comes to New Orleans. And the yep. week before that, and I mean, the week before that, Pittsburgh plays New England. So I'm thinking that Pittsburgh might have to win that New Orleans game as well. Um, and by the way, that game is between us playing Carolina home and away. So it's going to make things a little bit interesting here. I'm I'm mainly concerned about the end of the year because those games are going to be pretty hard for us. But uh, I'm thinking that Ingram, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Kamara shows up tomorrow. The last two games have been Ingram games, but uh, I'm I'm thinking that Kamara shows up and me and uh, – me and Corey going to have to have a bet or something on this game tomorrow here. <laughs> yeah, talk to All the right, fantasy executive about that. Anytime, right. Kenny, anytime. Trust me. Right, uh, we were talking about that. The fact that the Saints and Panthers play each other two of the last three weeks of the season, a lot still to be decided, you know, like let's if the Panthers were to win both of those. I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, it can flip the division. It could do a lot in the NFC race. And to your point about the Saints schedule, I was looking at that myself. When I was in the trade market, Kenny, you know, to try to solidify my team I targeted Big Ben as a QB2 for myself because he faces New England and New Orleans 15 and 16 I'm a team that only needs to worry about those two weeks because I've clinched a bye and I was like "Ooh, New England New Orleans those sound like you know shootouts games with high totals yeah I'll take the Steelers um but I appreciate that it is tough what he brings up though trying to keep people in it and managing throughout the entire season Scott yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think you put it very well, I would say. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Then if that is the case, let's dig on into another game. Scotty, I talked about the Colts and the Jaguars being an ironic game now in the AFC South. The uh, We got another big one. This is Sunday night football that I want to talk about. This is huge in the AFC. The Los Angeles Chargers travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. We were just talking about the Steelers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Here's my question, though, Scott. The total for this game is 51. Why? I mean, am I crazy to want to really bet the over on this game? That's not probably like the easiest bet of the week. You know, maybe the, maybe the, the Steelers will score 51. Yeah, right? Like in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so talk to me about this game. Uh, obviously, there's probably going to be no Melvin Ingram. I mean, excuse me, Melvin Gordon, which is obviously a huge blow for the Los Angeles Chargers. But all season long, Scott, we've we've had faith in Austin Eckler. But I know you talk about all the time when someone then steps up to a larger role, they might get exposed to a certain degree. Is that going to happen with Austin Eckler on Sunday night? 
to be honest with you, we can only wait and see. There's no answer okay. for that. You know, it's uh, can Austin Eckler be a lead running back on over an extensive period? We even saw Jacquez Rogers do it for a two-game uh, period before he sputtered yeah, out. Pop so quiz, for Jacquez. one game, I don't think it makes a big deal, but this is a tough matchup. But you got to start Eckler if you have him because you probably like to hand up cuff him to Gordon in a lot of cases. You know, it is a tough matchup. Keenan Allen's playing like a high-end number two fantasy wide receiver. You know, Rivers is playing like a top ten guy. You know Roethlisberger is going to get his. Uh, for for James Conner, though, you know, this is a chance to bounce back from a dis- some disappointing performances. You know, this run defense is just not the same because of injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking about Austin Eckler, Scott, you have him running back 17 in your rest of the season ranks. Does that assume that Melvin Gordon is going to be out for that entire stretch of time? No, it doesn't assume anything. I can't assume anything. It's uh, It's looking at the fact that, you know, that – he could start about two to three games. The inside injuries on rotoexperts.com this morning is saying Melvin Gordon should be fully healthy and fully recovered by week 16, but that doesn't mean he's going to be back by week 16. That's that rough. means that's his optimal recovery yeah. time. Before you start saying, oof, you know, that means that he could return in week 15. He could return in week 14. But, you know, they recommend that he won't shouldn't return until week 16. A lot of times we've seen it. He'll they'll return before the optimal recovery time. Mm-hmm. So we don't know exactly how long that Melvin Gordon is going to miss. We can't predict how long it's going to take him to heal. So I can't assume anything. No, I hear you. The reason I say oof is not because maybe he'll be missing, but because you're going to be in a position, let's say it is week 15, or let's say it's championship week 16, where you're going to have a stud running back like your first round pick coming off of injury. And, you know, we always debate this all the time, Scott. When a guy's coming back off injury, do we ride with him right away? Do we need to see it first? We talk about it with pitchers coming off the DL in baseball. We've talked about it with guys like Dalvin Cook this season, uh, Devontae Freeman this season, running backs coming back. And people are going to be in a position where they're going to have their entire season in a win-or-go-home situation, and they're going to have to decide whether they just run Melvin Gordon right back out there, whether it's week 15 or 16. Well, this is one of those cases where people want reassurance and you're not going to get it. It's just theater of the fantasy unknown. You, you can't predict, you know, how how Melvin Gordon's going to heal and when exactly he's going to return. People ask me on social media, the Roto Expert Slack chat. So, uh, you know, what's the, what's the percentage uh, of chance that he returns in week 15 or when do you think he's going to come back? I, we can't provide answers where there are none. Right now, all you have to do is run with who else you have. And in terms of when he comes back, is he going to be ready or not? Well, we won't know that until, you know, we see the published reports. You know, we can't make up something here and tell you that, you know, that he's going to be on a pitch count when he comes back or that he's not. You know, with, with Dalvin Cook, at least we knew when he came back that he was going to be on a pitch count. Everybody heals right. different. You know, he's, got, he's had a hamstring injury and a knee but, you know, maybe he can recover quickly. You know, we just – there's no way of predicting that. Even even for a doctor, we give you a timeline, about four weeks where he should be fully recovered. He could be back in anywhere to two to four weeks. And, you know, it depends on when he comes back and how he's healed. There's, basically, it's a, me, a long-winded way of saying is you can't predict it. Go with who you have. Play it one week at a time. It sounds cliche, but that's it. Make, make it – worry about week 15 when you get there. 
because nobody's guaranteed to get there either. All right, fair enough. Uh, good thing, though, Scotty, we do have two hours this morning, so you could be a little bit long-winded. It is okay. Let's go to another game here, Scotty, in the NFC South. We got the Carolina Panthers going to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. This is intriguing to me. The Panthers need to get right. You know, they are still 6-5. and five. They are still in the mix in the NFC wildcard uh, race, but they have lost a few games in a row. Will they be able to get right against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Let's, like, you know, the total in this game, 55 and a half, a lot higher than the Chargers and Steelers, which is interesting to me. But the Bucks in that defense force teams into shootouts. I like all parts. I like a lot of pieces of these offenses, Scott. Like, um, talk to me about, say, DJ Moore, who I continue to say has been ascending. I've been making the point, Scotty, that in this North Turner offense, they want to help Cam Newton's completion percentage. He's throwing it to Kishan McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, these Ricky Bobby shake and bake guys instead of the catch radius guys like Olsen and Funches. Do you think DJ Moore continues to ascend? Is he, in essence, the number one wide receiver in Carolina ahead of Funches these days? He is. You know, Funch has been doubtful. He was he was doubtful last week in terms of health, but he's been doubtful for several weeks. He's not even rosterable for the fantasy playoffs. And DJ Moore, I have ranked as like my in my top twenty five the rest of the twenty three. Yeah, I have I have him twenty three overall. Ahead of AJ Green. Yes. Well Oh excuse me, right behind AJ injured. Yeah, because AJ Green is injured. But mm-hmm. he has three double-figure performances in his last five games. And then you look at the schedule, fantasy-wise, for this team the rest of the way. Tampa Bay, Cleveland, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Like like you know, that, to me, that's why Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey are top four for me the rest of the way. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I've been saying this. Do you buy what I'm saying, though, Scott, that a lot of this is also, you know, Moore is playing well. We've always, I thought Funches has been a fugazi for a while. But do you agree with me that, you know, it's, you know, we're not just giving them a fish, Scott. We're not just saying, hey, DJ Moore. I'm trying to teach people how to fish. And for me, the underlying narrative is that under North Turner as the offensive coordinator, they're getting the ball out of Cam's hands quicker. Uh, his completion percentage is better. And they're staying away from some of these big catch radius guys they used to have early in Cam's career. Funches, but, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, remember, as well. Do you buy my narrative and, like, the North Turner impact and how they're trying to uh, move the ball on offense? Yeah, he's redesigned the offense, and what a good coordinator does is, you know, redesigns, you know, builds the offense around the skills of the players instead of forcing his schemes on the players, and I've always believed right. that. And Cam Newton, you know, you've seen poor completion percentages in the past when he's tried to throw downfield. Well, you know what? Just let him swing it out to Christian McCaffrey and let him do all the work. Throw it to DJ Moore and let him get yards after the catch. You know, things like that. And Christian McCaffrey is a huge reason why his completion percentage is so high. Right now, Christian McCaffrey is the number four overall running back in fantasy fantasy football in PPR because he's coming off some huge games. He scored almost 47 points against the Seahawks, you know, this this past week. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden he's starting to pick up more touchdowns. Uh, You know, when you look through, like, the first six weeks of the season, he'd have a single rushing touchdown. You know, he's got five in his last five games. Maybe I'm not so crazy to consider him a potential top five pick. You have him as RB4 moving forward. Another guy, Scott, uh, I wanted, in this to, game. I wanted to say something to you about yeah. that real quick. Like, Go I ahead. made like you were crazy when you did that because yep. we were talking about that when he was, you know, it was like 
two, three weeks ago. Sure. And he still hadn't scored a lot of touchdowns. I have him number four the rest of the way because yep. of the beautiful schedule. Okay. Yep. And it's not crazy for you to say, but over the course of a full season, I'd still take one or two guys ahead of him because I believe they're just okay. more consistent in terms of touchdown production. But if yeah. you wanted to take him number four next year, I wouldn't say you're crazy. I wouldn't right. do it personally, but I wouldn't sure. say you're crazy. Right. Like, there's going to be people next year that have a choice of, like, Christian McCaffrey or Kareem Hunt. And you can go either way kind of thing. We're going to be back next hour, Scott, right after the break. We're going to talk about more of these Week 13 games and your ranks. I appreciate that I'm not crazy. And we'll talk more about why I'm not. I'm a statistician. Next hour. Come on right back.